sorry. Spud. Uh, wait, have you found the first one? Spud uh, one. No, I wonder if it has a tagline. Hello, everybody. Well welcome to the Spud podcast. Hi. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. With Spud. I'm Spud. <laughs> That's my co-host, Spud. <laughs> Spud. Oh, the first uh, Spud's oh just called God. Spud. It was twi- yeah, it was out. How the fuck have I not heard of this? I don't know. But, How's Mark. it a trilogy? <laughs> Mark, we need to do like a special podcast on like Spud, Spud 2 and Spud 3. Agreed. Even though I don't know. I mean, we <laughs> might have something to do with mythology. We don't know. <laughs> but you're right. We do have to do the Spud trilogy. Wait, what the fuck is it, right? Okay, so we were talking about this before we started this podcast about some woman came up on my screen, some actress, and I'm like, who the hell is she? Because she, she, well, apparently she died, but I'm thinking she did actually die, Mark. So her name I mean, is... sometimes you do get that weird thing where she actually, like, yeah. haven't died and it comes up that they're dead. But yeah, I think I think the woman did actually just die as we're recording this. Is That's it a myth? Like... Remember the myth that when Michael Jackson died... Jeff Goldblum died by falling off a cliff. I think he got chased by some cow. <laughs> <laughs> and people believed it. <laughs> Have you seen... Now, I'm just going to subject jump again what? and we will go back to Spuds. Have you seen the new Jurassic Park? Slash yes, World, it's slash absolute Everest. bollocks. Absolute it is absolute bollocks. bollocks. But did you not find Jeff Goldblum like even sexier than he normally is? Yeah, I mean... He's sexy no matter what. He was but just like. Have you seen Earth Girls Are Easy? No, weirdly I've not, and I don't know why, because I'm really, aware that it's supposed to be his sexiest film. He's, yeah, definitely, I would say that that's him at his peak sexiness. He's just so sexy. I feel the that only was thing about when he was all slithering around the, the Metroid dogs, I call them. What, even his brindle fly? When his what? face was falling off? Eh. Uh, Sorry, I, I put that all into the one word and I was like, are those dinosaurs codes? <laughs> what are you going to bring the I was actually like, is that Germanic? I'm sorry, you've seen the fly. <laughs> I have seen the fly. Yeah, I, I did find him sexier in Jurassic no. World than I did when he turned into a giant fly. Or when he had a fly's body and a tiny head. <laughs> Much like in Spud 2, the madness when he's... <laughs> Lucky's not caught with his head yet. Stop, I'm dying here. <laughs> I feel like the titles, we're going to jump back to Spud again now. I feel like the titles of the Spud films, right? So there's Spud, Spud 2, The Madness, and then Spud 3, Learning to Fly. They're, that doesn't seem coherent to me. Wait, the... <laughs> I can't cope. Right. Why does it go from Spud to Spud 2, The Madness? <laughs> and it was the third one. And Spud 3, Learning to Fly. Learning to Fly. <sighs> like, do you want me to read the description of... In fact, yeah. I've not read Spud. We only know Spud no, 2, right? That's so... what I'm trying to do, right? I'm on Spud. I'll read Spud. Okay, you read Spud. Right, I'll read the short one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to read the short one. The long one would just be yeah. too much. Yeah, right. So the short one is... It's South Africa, 1990. Two major events are about to happen. The release of, I'm like, where's this going? The release of Nelson Mandela, and more importantly, is <laughs> <laughs> Spud Milton's first year in elite boys-only private boarding school. <laughs> 
what? <laughs> Which is followed by Spud 2, The Madness. Spud faces <laughs> his, his second year of school, still waiting for his body to completely mature. What? <laughs> and then Spud 3, Learning to Fly. Oh, that's got quite a long one. Spud right. 3, Learning to Fly is the 2014 South African comedy film. Is this where he bangs chicks? Because his body's caught up from, like, mature-wise? Oh, hold on. This is just describing the film. Where's the... Oh, there we go. As Spud Milton continues his awkward stagger through adolescence, he Uh learns one of life's most important lessons when dealing with women and cretins. (laughs) (laughs) That rhymes. Okay. Nothing is ever quite as it seems. What's this got to do with learning to fly? Does he join the Air Force? Uh, I'm practically a man in most... In mo- what? No, Mark, you read this because I don't understand what he's saying. Sorry, I'm just distracted by the names of the... So the lead characters are called Spud, Fatty. This is in Spud 3. Spud, no. Fatty, Boggle, Garlic and Christine. Bairn's quite normal compared to all those names. Wombat. Wombat. Oh, yeah, garlic. <laughs> I want to watch these films. I bet they're utter shite, though. No, finish reading the description of Spud Free Learns to Fly, because seriously, I'm confused. Okay, hold on. Right, I'll expand it. I'm practically a man. Right, start from there. Eh... <laughs> uh... Right, and cretins. Nothing is ever quite as it seems. Uh-huh. I'm practically a man in most areas, right? Spud confidently on his 16th birthday. What does that mean? Has <laughs> he got wings where his cock should be or something? Is that why he can fly? I'm going to assume that he is intersex and okay. he's like, I'm, he identifies as male and then somebody's like, you're not biologically male. And then he writes, instead of responding, he walks away and writes, I'm practically a man in most areas. <laughs> the year is 1992, and in South Africa, radical <laughs> change is in the air. The country may be on a bumpy road to an uncertain future, but Spud, I'm also noticing this as an almost entirely white cast, which is what he'd be slightly. But is Spud Mountain is Nelson hoping Mandela for a smooth was... ride. <laughs> Instead, he discovers that his vindictive arch enemy is back to taunt him. Is he black? Uh, <laughs> Okay. What and, is that a, and a garrulous Malawian? Malawian has taken register what's a what's garrulous? A racist film? Um I don't know. I'm like, yeah, is that a racist term? What's going on here, um, Spud? Why have you turned on us? Right, we'll finish and we'll look up garrulous afterwards. Okay, so garrulous Malawian has taken up residence in his dormitory, along <laughs> with the regular inmates and misfits he calls friends. Spud's world has never seemed less certain. <laughs> He attempts to master Shakespeare, <laughs> wrestles constantly with his god, <laughs> Naked. and with the power of negative thinking. And he develops an aversion to fried fish after a shocking discovery about <gasps> his grandmother Wombat. Wombat's his grandmother. I thought Wombat his was one of woman? his friends. Uh, I feel like I'm tripping balls, honestly. what the fu- Does that plot make any sense to you whatsoever? I mean, No. <laughs> But I need to find out what Garrulous is before I, I can know for sure. Right. Okay. Ga- I thought it was like Gallus, you know, the Scottish word. Maybe it, maybe it means the Being same bit... thing. Gar- mm, I don't know. 
There we go. Garrulous meaning. Talkative about trivial matters. So, okay. That could be positive. It could be like the comedy character, or again, if it's some sort of awful white supremacist film, maybe the Malawian is like, these are the terrible things that have befallen like my family, and he's like, (laughs) you and your trivial chatter. You and being so garrulous. Trivial. (laughs) Oh, it's so trivial that, you know, all your family have been killed and then your brothers and sisters have been taken in by warlords. I don't know if they've got warlords in Malawi now. I'm and being raised. Your grandmother was eaten <laughs> a by a dog, whereas my grandmother is just a wombat. I hope his grandmother is like a cartoon wombat in the style of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> well, um, I think we're going to have to do the Spud trilogy. I mean, it would be wrong not to. We'll maybe do it as a special podcast but we're not going to say when and then anyone who hasn't listened to this episode are going to be like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's been like nine minutes of us talking about spots and it's various sequels I mean, it's about time we've really... well, <laughs> why have we never talked about spud before because i didn't hover my mouse over a widget and find out some obscure actress died that's why that's what led us to this I mean, she won a palm tree, so. Wow, <laughs> she won a palm tree. Well, speaking of palm trees, and maybe that will segue into the weather, which is something that is a cliche about, would you say, British or English people? I'd say British people, like, we talk about the weather a lot, too. You know what? We do. We do talk about the weather. Um, I don't know if I do, though. Is it not just something you say when, like, it's awkward? There's, like, an awkward silence, so you just think, small talk, mm, lovely weather we've been having. I to say a lot to what I want to call middle-aged people because they were middle-aged when we were not. We're, we're <laughs> so old people then? Yeah. Like, I feel like any old people, especially, like, old people that maybe do, like, part-time teachery things, so they'll come into work for, like, a week here and there, and I'll be like, oof, it's been awfully warm this week. It's raining outside. No well, as it's pouring. <laughs> God, look at those clouds. They're black. I look at, are you looking outside? I can see the clouds from here. Well, let me describe the waiver for you right now where I am. Um I mean I don't go out much, so I don't really feel the waiver or know what the waiver is. <laughs> Um, okay, well, it's just starting to get dark. The sun's gone down. It looks fairly calm. I don't think it's very windy. There's not much of a breeze. And there's some quite a lot of cloud cover, but you can see some sky through it. So I think tomorrow it'll still be warm. I don't think it's going to rain. I think it's going to be dry. And that's my prediction. I... Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's not red skyness, but it's not that clear either here. I feel like What's maybe temp- a bit of drizzle tomorrow, but mostly sunny. Maybe okay. some drizzle in the morning, sunny what as the about, day goes on. <clears throat> you live near the sea. Is it always windy? It is nearly always windy, yeah. Uh, pretty much all times. Right, so that's not a myth then. <laughs> yeah, I realise now we're literally just talking about how we talk about the weather. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
that's what people do um and it's how that's how dull it is when you're talking about the waiver i don't ever think i talk about the waiver to my hairdresser because the cliche with that is have you been anywhere on holiday or are you going anywhere on holiday and i really i just hate it when a hairdresser asks me that because it's the biggest cliche out but anyway whatever. i ever tell you about the <laughs> Probably. This is important for the podcast <laughs> about the hairdresser that I used to have when I lived in Paisley, who was really lovely. But no, I was. It was when Joe and I were going on holiday. Can't remember we're going because Joe and I have been in a million holidays. And he mm. kind of said, "Oh, where are you going?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm going on holiday." And I said, "With I don't know why I said with Joe, but anyway, it come up that Joe's name is Joe." And yeah. he was like, "Oh, he's your gentleman friend." And I was like, "No, no, she's <laughs> a woman." And then the next time I came in, he was like, "Oh, how was your holiday with your lovely girlfriend?" Oh. And I was like. No, no. And he was like, all right, I thought she was a woman. And then the conversation just got really confusing. So then, then I basically ended up agreeing that she was, in fact, my girlfriend. And every time I went in, he was like, how's your lovely lady? I was like, yeah, she's really good. We're so in love. But that's not anything to do with the weather. No, but we did. We're kind of linking it to small talk and shit. True. So, I don't know. You're going to, what are you going to be talking? about weather wise I mean I was going to look at just some let's just kick off with some science and myths about weather okay so uh right okay well there's some things that I didn't know about in these things uh like the where the name hurricane came from uh where did the name hurricane come from it came that's kind of Further down here. Oh, bollocks. Where is it? <laughs> I should have started with that. I had the right page. Right. Okay. So, why is it not there? What the fuck? I'm going to have to. Ah, there it is. The name Hurricane was likely inspired by Hun Rakan, an ancient Mayan storm god. Ooh. That's where the name Hurricane comes from. Orville, you can also describe hurricanes as typhoons or cyclones as well, I suppose. Is cyclone a Greek word? I really don't know. Sounds Greek. So we'll just say it is. I <laughs> learned, which isn't related that much to the thing yeah. we're talking about, but it's related to the weather, when I was randomly looking through stuff. I learned that, did you know that the whole red sky at night, shepherds light, red sky in the morning, shepherds warning, comes from the Bible? No, you've thrown me now. Because I read something about that and it didn't mention the Bible at all. Apparently it was first written down. I, I didn't, even, I didn't take any note of this, so I don't know where to read it. You've got but it, a Bible. it was first written down in the Bible. It's part of one of the passages in the New Testament. Okay, so it's the word of God, so it must be true. Yeah, it's a uh, scientific <laughs> fact. <laughs> well, where did you read I... about it? Tell, tell me your red sky at night. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, let me see. I've got it here. Somewhere. It's on a different page. Uh-huh. Ow! My stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just pretending to be little Richard. <laughs> <laughs> That's James Brown. Um, oh, there's so many of them here, right? Because I'm looking at 22 facts, true, true facts about waiver or myths or whatever there's loads of them uh it's further down the list uh right okay 
So Red Sky at Night, this is number 19 on this list. Sailor's Delight, Red Sky Morning, Sailor's Take Warning. Oh, that's slightly different. That's Sailor's, not Shepherd's. Well, yeah. Shepherd's are in the Bible, but are there any Sailor's in the Bible? Um, I mean, <laughs> you could argue that Noah was a Sailor. Uh, what about all those men that you went fishing with? You know, Jesus, they must have been Sailor's. True. I'm starting to think this is like a... Jesus is definitely a gay icon. Oh, my God. Right. Anyhow, <laughs> although it's not always the case, the old saying can be considered mostly true. So this is what I was like, oh, that, that's really interesting because I thought, oh, well, that's going to come up and it's obviously going to be bullshit. But there is a scientific explanation. I wonder if there is in the Bible, mate. So it says the red sky at night, sailors delight part can be explained as follows. So when the sun sets behind a sky filled with dry dust particles, the sky appears orange red due to the way the light is scattered by the particles which allow red light through. So it usually points to a stable and high pressure system approaching which indicates good weather conditions are on the way if it's got like an orange red like sky when the sun sets. Well. But the more the warning part in the morning has the opposite meaning. So a deep red sky in the morning can be the result of large amounts of water moisture in the air. The moisture causes the light to scatter and allows the deep red light to filter through. The deep red colour points towards a low pressure system and may indicate that wet and stormy weather conditions are on the way. But who made the sky particles, Leslie? It was God. Therefore. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> OK, well, I suppose you could say that about anything, couldn't you? And then I could say, no, that's not true. We both don't really have any proof. That's true. Of either statement. <sighs> right, okay. Does it say in the Bible? Have you got your Bible there? I can't be bothered walking over and getting yeah, it. But okay. it just, it's, okay. it's basically just a longer version of, like when I read it, I was like, yeah, no, that's true. It's just a longer version of Red Sky at Night. They're definitely talking about shepherds, though. Yeah, because shepherds went to see Jesus and meet with his party. and Did they hang out from? The rest of the time? No, because he was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he was friends with some shepherds when he was older. Not the yeah, same yeah, shepherds. They didn't he because of the low life expectancy at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when did he die? Was he age 36? He was 36. I always thought it was either 34 or 36. So, so I'm we both outlived years. Jesus. We've definitely outlived Jesus, but in those days, was he considered like a 70-year-old man? Yeah, like, I mean, that so he lived a full like life. ancient in biblical times, but I think that's what <laughs> yeah, people like talk about him dying when he was 36, as if like he gave up his whole life yes. and his whole future ahead of him. His whole future ahead of him. Why a lot of people would have died in their early 30s when yeah. so really Jesus was alive, like... You were, yeah. So he wasn't really sacrificing himself. He knew that he was he was coming to the end of his life expectancy. So, okay, no, nah, I don't think he would be like, please just crucify me. I'm sick of it. There's probably. I mean, I suppose yeah. I, the fact that crucifixion still does make it shocking because I was saying that like if someone was like, oh, my great aunt Franny died, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. but was she not like in her nineties and living in an arsenal if they were then like, <laughs> yeah, the government nailed her to a cross. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is quite shocking actually. <laughs> 
I mean, she just had a really bad cold. To be honest, with the Tories, I wouldn't put it past them to try. No. <laughs> but they probably like give the nail contract to one of their best buds. So. So then the crucifix would fall the apart. Yeah, well. Or Liz Trust would show up to do it herself and just have like a banana on his leg <laughs> and be like, how do you make a crucifix? Well, banging them off her face because she's clearly had quite a lot of brain trauma, which is a wee shame for her. <laughs> she's like, I don't know, if Mar- Margaret Thatcher came back from the grave, but with severe yeah, brain damage as a result, yeah. you get Liz Trust. <laughs> Let's trust. Sorry. I'm now imagining like you know in zombie things when they don't know they're zombies and they're like I brought her back, brought her, brought her back, wrong. <laughs> but they're trying to bring Margaret Thatcher back and it's just Let's Trust pushing a crayon up her nose, <laughs> 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 crying. It's the pet cemetery of the Tory party, <laughs> <laughs> except she's not scary or dangerous. But in a way, she is because she's that daft that she probably it is dangerous to have someone that daft on like in charge of the country and in nukes, whatever. Yes, I mean she said crazy. she said without any hesitation. Yeah, I, I would be happily nuke everyone. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. That was her quote. <laughs> Again, that shouldn't be funny because she might be in charge and it might nuke us, but that is. My- <laughs> Are we back to the waiver? Where were we? You were what? I was so confused. Uh, Jesus. Jesus. Waiver. Um. I don't think Jesus performed any weather magic. Oh, it was a red sky at night, right? Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, the shepherds told him about the weather, but. Yeah. Well, no. Again, the shepherds are using. Oh, that's not really the waiver, is it? That's just looking at the stars to to find Jesus. I suppose. Yeah, did you also notice when researching this that I did find lots of interesting <laughs> things, but quite a lot of the stuff that I found, I'd be like in the middle of reading it and be like, this has nothing to do with the weather. <laughs> no, I mean, so it's mostly weather related, so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I mean, everything I've written down to discuss today's weather related, but. Okay. Well, you were looking at weather witches, so let's move on to that, and then I'll go back to like my quick little weather myths. Some of them are to do with, like, there's various weather gods as well all around the world. Um, like but yeah, weather witches. I'm intrigued. Weather witches. How can I join? A fine question. And a I question like that I shall answer. Because you can, technically, with some of these ideas of what a weather witch is, you could join. But sadly, with uh, some of them, you have to be born into the weather witchdom. Oh. Um, Do you know there's people that claim that they can summon UFOs with their minds? Oh, that's interesting because one of these things is about how the idea of weather witches and the idea of UFOs is kind of the same thing. But I'll come to that. Ooh. I'll not say it now. <laughs> <laughs> also, I can't find where I've put the note I wanted to open with, so I'm just going to start oh. talking about a different thing instead, and then I'll maybe come back to it later. I mean, nobody so, really knows what order your notes are because they can't see your notepad, so true. that wasn't really necessary. In their hearts. If I hadn't mentioned it, they'd be like, this, this seems like the incorrect order. <laughs> so I started off by looking at a book called Weather Witches, uh-huh. by Paul Stewart, because I feel like that was a good place to start. He wrote it in 1986. These are some weather witch facts. So according to his book, in the 16th century, uh, there was, well, not there was weather witches, but certainly in 16th century folklore, there were weather witches, there was this idea of them. Um, they said that 
you could become oh in fact you could become a weather witch then so you could become a weather witch if you were a boy born in autumn or a girl born in spring oh so you're you've got step one on the way there um so they said if you were a girl born in spring or a boy born in autumn and you like learn the ways of magic that you might find that when you like learn the ability to harness man magic that you could be powerful enough to harness the ability to control the weather itself to alter weather systems to bring rains or to stop the rain when it was becoming too heavy basically like to help your family's farm wow paul mccartney would really love to have that ability wouldn't he yeah i've got him on my list of even <laughs> no, as a joke, I actually do have him on my list of evil weather witches. Because <laughs> yeah, he is a renowned evil weather witch. But doesn't he cheat? Like, I wouldn't count him as a proper weather witch because he's using technology to seed the clouds. He's not he using is, his mind or magic, is he? He's, he's an evil weather wizard. He's a weather... I don't know wizard. what I want to call him, but you're right. I think the weather witches would be like... I don't know that pigeon-faced fuck's not a weather witch <laughs> that he must burn pigeon-faced fuck I wonder if he's a boy of the autumn Ooh. a boy of the autumn a sounds like an archaic term for a gay guy <laughs> yeah, it does. everybody knows he's a boy of the autumn Ooh. <laughs> he's a woofy you should make that a thing the boy of the autumn but I'm not, I'm the boy of the I mean, the summer? I'm a boy of the spring. I'm a girl of the, the spring. spring. We're both girls of the spring, Leslie. So you're related to Zephyr, the Greek god of the west winds. Oh. That brings spring. He's basically my dad. <laughs> so that was one of the ways that you could be a weather witch. There was no guarantee of being super powerful there. You had to like master the arts. But there was also mm. this idea, which I found really, really interesting. So there was this idea in like England, France, Germany, or what would be England, France and Germany now, and then kind of areas round about. So, you know, some people here might have thought it, that there were weather witches that were exceptionally powerful because they were descended from a mythical race of cloud dwellers who came from a land named Magonia. Where are you getting this from? From Paul's book. Okay. Paul Stewart's book. Right. So also, so it says, as I read, I, I then looked this up separately from his book, and apparently okay. it was like a fairly common belief in the, so where is it? The idea that Magonia existed, so I've just flicked to one of my other notes, the idea of Magonia existed as a cloud realm from oh. where uh, aerial sailors were known to sometimes visit <laughs> our realm was a f- commonly held belief. When you say Between... aerial sailors, I'm imagining like Cirque du Soleil type guys in really skin tight like yeah, like sailor suits jumping around up in the clouds. Yeah, the ribbon dancers just like spinning around. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously if they're coming down and getting everybody pregnant, they must be pretty sexy. Like everybody, <laughs> it's not like they're coming down and creeping on people or being sexually assaulted. Like they're coming down and everybody's good with it. And they're but it says it was a commonly held belief first written down in around eight. So it was first found in a text a french text in around eight sorry i would say 18 8 15 right up until the late 16th century that people that it was a commonly held belief 
all throughout Europe in this place called Magonia, which I'd never even heard of before. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great for a holiday. It does. Sexy acrobats in the sky. Yes, please. As long as there's no jugglers, I hate them. <laughs> I don't like jugglers. No, there's no It's very clear. In all the texts, there's no jugglers there. Oh, thank God. Right. So the Magonian people, Magonian people. Mm-hmm. would come down to visit, or their sailors would, um, those that sailed the skies for them. But they also had uh, felonious Magonians who would swoop down from their clouds to steal corn from the farmers' fields. That's a bit shit. And because they were able to control the rains, they like felt like they had the right oh. to take the corn. The farmers oh. disagreed. There well, was a course. particular occasion where several supposed Magonians had swept down to steal corn from several farms throughout a village and the villagers became irate uh, shortly after this had happened. They managed to capture the men. And they held them in their village. They held them for so long that the men were unable to return to the clouds. Then they had, by the way, all of this is, I think everything I researched, I was like, oh, this always ends nicely. So they were unable to return to the clouds, but they Mm -hmm. had like a fair trial for them. And they found that the men were technically guilty, but they had helped to grow the crops. So then they just like settled and lived in the community. And people believed that their descendants were all really powerful weather witches, specifically like rain weather witches, because but they were descended did... from the Magonians. But why did the Magonians not just fuck off back up to the clouds after their trial? If they were... I don't think they can fly from what I was reading, so I think it is ah. like they actually are like the like acrobatic ribbon people. So it's like they would spiral down from their little like cloud houses and neck corn and then spiral back up but because their clouds had floated away they couldn't get onto their ribbons anymore so they were trapped there but by that time they'd all fallen in love i've decided four of them with women and one of them with a guy (laughs) okay and they'd all set up their own little little homes in the village and had grandchildren and their grandchildren were could still control the reins so they're weaver witches and their children and so forth and descendants were weaver witches so if you bang a weaver witch, you're not one, but your child may become one? Yes. So right. Yeah, if you bang a weather witch, then your child will be a weather witch too. But, but being a weather witch is than... an STI, like you don't catch weather witches. <laughs> <laughs> See, if it was, I'd be wanting to get some of that power, would you? Not want to control the weather? I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. How many times you go to the hairdressers and... Your hair's beautiful as soon as you walk out. The wind starts and the rain and fucking ruins it in, in, in seconds. Yeah, it'd be good if you could just point your hand to the sky and be like, for Magonia, no. and then it stops yeah. raining on you. Is that the Magonia or something in it? The, for the <laughs> Magonia. Magonia. <laughs> Magonia is the uh, secret island of Mr. Magoos. <laughs> okay. There's also this book by a guy called Jack. Uh-huh. Valet, Valet, it's like the Valley. French spell on a jacket. I don't know how to say his second name. V A double L double E, Valet. Probably. Doesn't matter. Um, so he wrote a book that translated into English would be called Passport to Magonia recently, and he explores the link between the modern idea of UFO visitations and people having like sexual relationships, romances with UFOs, 
and the ancient mm-hmm. reports from the like 800s up until the 1600s about people like having relationships with and meeting Magonians and basically he he believes and I like this idea <laughs> that UFOs are not aliens they are Magonians, Magonians and that these people are talking about like that basically Magonia still exists and the Magonians are still up there so you know there's weather witches here there's weather witches in the sky but <laughs> so they've developed technology that they can fly down and up to Magonia whenever they please instead of flying down and then not being able to fly yeah, and then back. getting stuck here right and that maybe started in the 1950s in America <laughs> I don't know. Um, so if you get any examples of weather witches that you know of or you've researched, apart from evil Paul McCartney? Well, not not, not no. really. I'm going to talk about this guy that, like, apparently wrote, like, at the time when weather witches were about, wrote stuff about weather witches. But there weren't really any specific examples of weather witches that I could find because, well, there's a third type of weather witch as well. And I think because there was this idea that, like, if you were born in, a certain time of year and you were a certain gender and you practice paganism then you could become a really powerful weather witch that these magonians were real and that they could control the weather and if you were an ancestor of a magonian you could control the weather and then there was also the idea of so the medieval belief in the tempestry tempestry tempest okay. right the tempests yeah, so basically, like, that people could have a natural ability to become a weather magician and could raise or prevent storms at will. So it was just, like, such a commonly held belief that, again, I'm just going from Paul Stewart's book here. I didn't come up with this theory myself. <laughs> but it was just such a commonly held belief. That there's not really stories of it being kept because it was, like, such a common thing that people... That it wasn't think. remarkable to write about. Uh-huh. Right, like, to yeah. the extent that it was, like, oh, you wouldn't keep a book of, like, all of a baker's work because there was yeah. bakers in every town. And it's like, well with the the magnitude of possibilities for you to become a weather witch there's going to be at least one weather witch in every town and village i wonder if they're like are they just like the olden days no they're not because they're better than that i'm talking about you know like your weather reporter in the news but they just report the weather or the meteorologists that predict the weather they be seen as witches because it was science and because it sounded a bit weird to people who don't understand meteorology, they might thought that they may have been wizards or witches. Well, that with you saying like the thought and kind of implying it in a negative way as well, like that <laughs> brings me on to the thing that this guy was writing about. Because right. the thing that I found was really interesting is that there was obviously, as we know, because we've discussed it before, like as we get past the period of time we're talking about, people start killing everyone that they think is a witch. Mm-hmm. So yes. there's this guy called um, Matthew Hopkins, no. Bishop Agobard of Leon. <laughs> okay. Who isn't going around killing people. So basically, like, he works for the church. Uh-huh, of course. He's a bishop. And he has this, like, really famous speech called On Hail and Thunder when he was basically asked why he was trying to stop people from killing the weather witches. So he believed in all the three different types of weather witches. And uh-huh. he was like, people have to stop basically burning witches at the stake, which again is nice. I feel like normally when we read about the church, mm. it's like, yeah, burn them. But he was like, no, stop burning everyone. <laughs> Did he so get burned? He didn't get burned. Oh, lucky guy. Got off lightly then. 
So he basically said, right, I've kind of summarised what he's saying here because obviously okay. it's all written in like old French translated into old English. But he'd said, he basically was like, right, I'm writing this because I'm absolutely sick of Christians <laughs> throughout Europe. And my issue with them is that whenever a supposed weather witch failed to prevent a storm, mm. he or she would then suffer the wrath of the populace. We would be summoned and asked to kill them as a witch. But people didn't have any issue with them being witches when they were successfully controlling the weather is only when their powers didn't go the way that they planned. And That's not the on. case in Scotland. Remember, Mark, when um, King James the sixth of Scotland yep. condemned the Ber- was it Berwick witches yeah, yeah, because, for um, creating a storm? Yeah, because he wasn't able to sail his ship when he wanted to, so he decided that basically the people oh. of Berwick must all be witches. <laughs> okay. I suspect they weren't actual weather witches. They were just women that just happened to live nearby and there was a fucking storm anyway. Whereas at least some of the people that these people are wanting to burn were at uh-huh. weather witches as well. But again, this oh. Agabard guy's like, aye, all right. And he mm-hmm. says, so hold on, uh, he has great concern about people's misunderstanding of what it is to be a witch. Uh, people with power do uh-huh. not get power from the devil. And it's ridiculous to think that people that don't have the same belief as you are just there to curse you. And then he has this whole bit about how Moses is a witch and was like, well, Moses summoned the plagues of Egypt. Yeah, that's true. Again, I like that you're just telling everybody off. And he was like, if all you people were alive and Moses was alive, (laughs) we would have burned him at the stake. But, so I like this guy. It sounds to me like he's, he's not from their time. I feel like he's come back from the future to try yeah it sounds like he's kind of like a it does an SJW kid now that's like no nah, I'm going back and having a word yeah exactly <laughs> social justice warrior is that what that means SJW yeah I'm such an old fogey <laughs> oh hold on here's another bit right so sorry I've just got random quotes from that I liked uh, so I like them so Sassy Agabard this is a quote from him translated into English it's not like you half faithful amongst us Uh um, who as soon as you hear some thunder Mm. or when there is a breath of light wind scream a gale is raised a gale is raised and fall to your knees crying there's a curse but yet cursed be the tongues of those that do not cause the ground to dry up when you want it to be dried up. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Pray tell, who are you to be cursing anyone? <laughs> I like this, dude. <laughs> it's true. Like, and, like, does, are weather witches, no, or is that the same, like, you know the wicker man? They sacrifice a guy and a wicker man so that the crops won't fail? Is that a sort of waiver cult or is that just a pagan religion to sacrifice someone for the waiver to be? It's wouldn't. confusing me. So pagans wouldn't do that, but I feel like that's kind of the point that this Agabard guy's making where he's right. basically like, oh, you guys are doing the devil stuff because if people, if the pagans don't control the weather the way the Christians want, then you burn them to yeah. sacrifice them to God. So actually you're doing right, I get you. I something get you. satanic that... Uh-huh the pagans wouldn't do because they don't even believe in Satan. Um, I looked on like pagan like websites as well to kind of have a look at what they had to say about weather Uh witches. Um, 
there wasn't really any specific examples. They did bring up exactly what we were just talking about, like the people who were tried as witches um, for not controlling the weather properly because of King James, but actually there was nothing to indicate that they were pagan, they were probably Christian. Mm-hmm. And they probably didn't know how to control the weather. They just happened to be women that people didn't like or put the blame on. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like as er- from as early as seven as the year seven hundred, the Catholic Church mm-hmm. uh, prosecuted and killed people for their abilities or lack of abilities to control storms, which is going against Bishop Agabard, but again he was sound. Um, and then this, so this uh, like paganism website says in the pagan community, the very notion that a single practitioner could generate enough magical power to control such a powerful force as the weather is one that most people are sceptical about. However, there are some branches of paganism that say weather control magic is not impossible and that if a group of pagans work together, they could slightly influence weather systems, but it would be like a slightly drier day or a slightly wetter day. So again, in modern writings, there's not really anything about specific people that would be taken seriously by the pagan community that claim to be able to control the weather because they think that would be like hundreds yeah. of pagans working together to slightly alter the weather like okay horrible things happen in pakistan at the moment where there's loads of flooding which is one of my facts is that most people think that the highest death rate for bad weather is hurricanes or tornadoes or something like that or storms whereas the actual weather responsible for the most kills is like it's a serial killer or something yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> most kills it's <laughs> the flooding set so flooding kills more people than any other weather phenomenon um which we kind of see in tsunamis and also the flooding situation in pakistan at the moment yeah so, so my point is like not it's not like imagine if pakistan all the people who lost people in those floods blamed a weather witch for that Do you know what i mean there's no way that someone could do that on their own. That's a phenomenal no. amount of power you've got there to kill thousands of people just by manipulating the weather to cause floods. That's fucked up. So Even if you were like one of the descendants of the sky people and they can actually uh-huh. control the rain, like you wouldn't, yeah. Yeah. Like simply by turning on your cloud, you're not going to, I know that I'm saying this though, this though it's like scientific fact that they exist, but you're not you know like. Mark, if I was a weather witch, I would be very, very petty about it. And if there was someone that pissed me off, I would send a little cloud to follow them about all day rain on them personally for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> or any time it's sunny, this is a really petty thing to do, any time it's sunny, someone goes out for a wee, you know, sunbathe, I'll put a wee cloud that covers the sun so all, they're always in the shade, no matter what. Whatever pet you stop it raining over their garden if they really pissed me off. Yeah. So the grass all died and be like, <laughs> fuck it. But yeah, having the yeah. ability to slightly move the clouds is not right. going to cause that many people to die. But then I could claim that. I could stare at the clouds long enough and go put my arm out and go, oh, look, look, see that cloud? It's just moved. No, it's called windstream. <laughs> But I think that's kind of like that Agabard guy's point that he was trying to make as well, is that like he believed that like basically that, yeah, people of other religions did exist Mm -hmm. and maybe they did have the ability to like slightly control the weather. But it's like, oh, you're absolutely fine with them slightly controlling the weather unless the slight changes don't suit you. And then 
because that's the way you say, people have always kind of been, isn't it? Again, I like this whole like, and then you're rolling on the ground screaming, I've been cursed. <laughs> like, you're, and then you're being a dramatic petty bitch. <laughs> like a footballer pretending yes. he's injured. <laughs> Well, I've got some examples of, speaking of like mythological gods or waiver gods, or well, I suppose it's a step up from being a waiver witch, being a waiver god. Yes. The common ones we know of are four. Everyone knows who four is. Um, He's got all the Zephyr. <laughs> but have you heard of Njord, the Norse wind god? Wind god? He's not in any of the Marvel, fil- Marvel films, is he? No, and he should be. So let's see what Morton Yord is all about. Uh, he was... Hmm, he looked... Oh, I don't know what he looks like, but he was a god of the sea and the winds in Norse mythology. He's a father of Freya and Freya, and he was the leader of the Vanir. So he's granddad? Uh, maybe they're different. <laughs> Njord was married to a giantess called Skadi. Her father was slain by the gods. So to make up for her loss, Skadi was allowed to choose a husband from the gods. So they're like, sorry, love, we killed your dad, but how about you marry one of us? <laughs> so, but she wasn't allowed to look at any of their faces, only their feet. So she chose the most beautiful feet she saw, thinking they belonged to the god Balder, who's like the very first round of a naked attraction. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the Norse gods invented naked attractions. <laughs> Instead, they were the feet of Njord. Skadi was used to living in the icy mountains, and Njord was used to living by the sea, which made their marriage difficult. But and they eventually chose to live apart from each other, and that's really the end of that story, which I thought was quite nice. You know, yeah. they kill each other or anything. They just said, "Ah, fuck it, you're not for me." <laughs> I chose the wrong bad guy's feet. Yeah, the you moral of that story is you shouldn't pick your future husband yeah. or wife by their feet. And then we've got there's Tahiri, who's a Maori god of wind and storms. I quite like Tauhiri because he's got that mad Maori face, <laughs> you know, with the makeup and stuff, the tattoos and the, the yes. sort of, like, tough guy, you know, when they do the haka and all that. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'll send you a picture of it later. So he was very angry with his brothers. They disagreed about whether their parents, Rangi the sky and Papa the earth, should be separated. His brothers won the argument. Sky and Earth were separated and Tahiri was fucking furious about it. So because he was the god of the wind and the storms, he basically thought, I'm going to get some retaliation against my brothers. So he hid in the sky and plotted his revenge from the place that he stayed in the sky. He sent thunderstorms and hurricanes to his brother, Tani Mahuta, who was the god of the forest. So the tall trees of the forest cracked and fell. He sent storms over the oceans to punish his brother Tangaroa, the god of the sea. He's basically having a massive tantrum. I mean, <laughs> Waves and fair play, they have forced his mum and dad to get divorced. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't force people to get divorced when they're perfectly happy. Maybe they weren't. <laughs> Waves and whirlpools of water upset the oceans. He sent storms to his brothers Hamia Tikitiki and Rongo Matani, the gods of food. These brothers were protected by Mother the Earth. She held them close. 
and they weren't harmed by the storms. Yeah, okay, now I'm agreeing with you, clearly. Yeah, the, he's, he's having a fucking... Abusive relationship going on there. They were better off apart. All the family yeah. could see it, and he's kicking off. Yeah, about it. he's kicking off about it. The last brother to Matanenga withstood the wind and storms that Tawhiri sent. The brother was the god of fierce humans. <laughs> <laughs> Tawhiri has thirteen cloud children. Who see? I like the idea of cloud children. That's sweet. Yeah, who lived in the sky. Like lumpy space princess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the cloud children were dark and stormy, and others were light and puffy. Aww. He was also the favourite of rain, mist, and fog. And that's a bit of um, Polynesian New Zealand mythology for you there. Okay. A bit of wherever God there. Yeah. What kind of cloud? What? What kind of cloud child would you be? Um, I would be moody, <laughs> black <Aww>. and moody. <laughs> Definitely, I think you would be of the fluffy, light variety. Yeah, I'd want to be a fluffy cloud child. Yeah, I'd be a, a moody bitch. Um, the Navajo rain god is interesting because I think of rain dances and stuff like with Indians, yeah. like Native American Indians, and I thought that they did the rain dance to create rain. Oh no 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 no! They create, they do the rain dance to pay homage to like one of their whatever gods and they create rain as a gift to the gods not for their like dry weather or whatever oh. it's like a magic it's a bit like a weather witch really casting a spell yeah so i, I mean I, I can look more into it but there's um i like this one because he's cheeky so tonelli or was it toninelli i've i really I don't know how you pronounce it properly. Who is also known as a water sprinkler. He's the Navajo <laughs> god of water. <laughs> He's responsible for rain, sleet and snow. He causes thunder and lightning. He's a very cheeky, mischievous guy. Doesn't mean any harm, but he likes to play tricks. He's been known to cause downpours at times when people were hoping for blue sky. See, that's why I like this guy. He's a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> sense of humor, like what I was going to do to people. <laughs> so he's probably responsible for the rain every time I get a nice haircut and he's like fuck you I'm just going to make it rain and ruin your hair ha <laughs> like during a picnic he often acts like a clown he's often present in Navajo ceremonies a person who dresses up as Tony Lee in the branches of a spruce tree and a mask and then plays the part of the clown like god of water during the ceremony the comical element is often welcome in rituals that are very serious, such as a Navajo night chant. The night chant is done to either heal someone or who is ill or heal the world when it's out of balance. A chant repeated over and over combined with dances repeated over and over makes for a mesmerising experience. As a clown, Toninelli is able to lighten the mood during the night chant. He sprinkles water around and has fun while the chanters chant and dancers dance. So basically he's like a clown that goes around with one of those, you know, stupid flowers. I really like that. I also like that like Toninelli <laughs> does sound like a traditional, like proper Italian clowning clown so name. Like... I was like, what's an Italian sound in clown <laughs> in Navajo culture? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, well that was fun. Um, rain dance. I mean, there's a there's a short article about a rain dance on Wikipedia. 
I don't know if it's the actual Wikipedia, though, it's a strange one. What's simple Wikipedia? Is that for simple people? It's for less for people who can't really understand Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> simple. It's just got primary <laughs> colours and some basic shapes <laughs> to explain things to you. At <laughs> <laughs> least we frighten her and she retreats into her bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> well. Uh, it's a Wikipedia. Uh, it's a ceremonial dance. It's performed by people who can believe who believe it will cause rain and keep their harvest safe. So that's one type. Uh, but the Cherokee tribe, an ethnic Native American tribe from southeastern United States, they use rain dances to both create rain and remove evil spirits from the earth. The legend of the tribe says that the rain created has the spirits of former leaders of the tribe, like Chubby Rain. During the rain, these spirits fight the evil spirits. <laughs> what? Just when you went like, and I thought you were going to say like a Native American person's name, and then when you were like Chubby Rain, I was like, Chubby Rain. Yeah, because he said that it's got the spirits of the former leaders of the tribe, so I'd imagine the rain would be quite chubby if it's full of people. Yes, rather than that one of the former leaders of the tribe was called Chubby Rain, which is what I thought for a minute. It's like, that's such an unusual name. <laughs> Chief <Jeez>. Chubby Rain. <laughs> During the rainy spirits fight the evil spirits in a place between our reality and the spirit world. The rain dances are also seen as acts of worship. Uh, feathers and turquoise are worn during the dance. They symbolise wind and rain. Um, yeah, well, that's basically it. One of the things I was reading was saying as well, which again ties into the guy that we like slagging all the Christians off, even though he was yeah. one for being yeah. hypocrites, that a lot of the pilgrims would uh-huh. obviously want nothing to do with the Native Americans slash would want them killed for being at one with the devil. But when they saw them doing the rain dances and found out what it was, a lot of the pilgrims began to do rain dances and pray on mass and speak in oh. tongues to God to try and get the rains to fall. So they were copying the Indians. Oh, and yeah, actually, so there was a bit like, in that. Everything you do comes from Satan, but we're going to do it just in case it works. <laughs> like, all right, fuck yous. I read there as well that they did certain tribes did rain dances for, like you say, settlers in in order to get to trade things. So they'd say, "We'll do a rain dance to give you rain for your your whatever you need the rain for, water or I don't know, irrigating your tobacco or some shit." And in exchange, you give us some of your tobacco or your your whatever, your undergarments, whatever you want in exchange. I bet it worked exactly the same, though. Like, as in that, I bet whenever it didn't work, they were also uh-huh. like, demons, and then burnt yeah. them. But it's like, oh, it's fine for them to do it if it's going to work. Works. It's not going to yeah. work for evil for even thinking about doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Well, I've got, um, what are you, are you eating something? Yeah, I was going to say, sorry, I picked up a little glass jar full of pens and all the pens slowly fell out <laughs> here. <laughs> one, um, one morning I was working, I went down for breakfast to make a coffee, fucking desperate for one. And unfortunately I was wearing a, a sort of kimono thing, you know, the really wide sleeves, long yeah. sleeves. And I was sweeping about the house, <laughs> swept down the stairs, swept into the kitchen and swept straight into the jar of sugar that's on the counter with my sleeve and it flew off the counter on the floor 
splur- like smashing glass and spreading sugar fucking everywhere. That so would be a weather witch. That witch. Yeah. <laughs> so that's worse than pens. Not that I'm trying to do a dick swinging contest, which I clearly am. <laughs> <laughs> My pens are all back in now, though, so you're right. It is, it is worse than pens. That only yeah, took a second yeah. for me to remedy. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. There's some misconceptions about waiver and the mythology that people try to explain things. You know, like, oh, like, you know, in olden times, they didn't actually know what a tornado was. So they probably blamed it on some god. Well, deadly twisters arrive. This is a sciencey bit. When a horizontally rotating column of air forms from wind blowing at different speeds and altitudes, Eventually, the air column gets caught in a supercell updraft where its spin tightens and speeds up, eventually forming a funnel cloud, which are easily visible in the sky. Now, have you ever seen a tornado, like a tornado? No. Or even like a dust devil? I've seen dust devils. No, I've not. No. Do you know what I mean by dust devils? They're like wee mini, like little mini tornadoes that you usually see like in the desert land or something. Or like I know what beaches. you mean, but no, I've never seen. Oh, oh well, I've seen one in Spain. We went to this really shitty, like the, the, they talked it up as if it was like an amazing place to visit, right? So we spent, I think, twenty euros on a taxi getting there, and it was in the middle of this kind of deserted field, like desert. You know, it's quite dry in Spain, certain places. And on the way there, I seen like loads of these dust devils, like mini. If you think of like the Tasmanian devil cartoon when he spins, it's about like that. (laughs) That's what it looks like. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't say it was to Tasmanian devils that were causing it. It's clearly the wind. You never know. It might be. You never know. Small Tasmanian devils. Well, throughout history, a number of false notions have swirled, (laughs) swirled around the nature of tornadoes. Various Native American tribes, for example, the Iroquois tribe, the god Dagwanoenyent, the daughter of wind, was a witch who happened to appear in the form of a whirlwind or twister. Uh, the witch. Yeah, whatever witch. Oh, God, yeah, Yay. that's true. In the 1800s, many thought that a vacuum in the tornado funnel's core gave rise to the destructive natural event. To prevent the vacuum from causing their homes to explode, tornado-fearing individuals would often open all of their home's windows to equalise air pressure in the house. But that doesn't work because no matter what, whether you have your windows open or closed, that wind going to knock your house down. Yeah. Because I read that if you leave the windows open, it's not that it takes away the pressure. Actually, the the pressure of the wind comes in the window and it goes up and then blows the roof off from the inside. But if whole, like, weather, like, hurricanes, twisters can rip up an entire house, what makes you think that opening the windows is going to make any difference? Or close them? (laughs) Well... Rainbows. And even if it did, you would imagine that any difference would be minimal, like your house would still be wrecked. It might just be slightly less wrecked. Yeah. I don't know. I have quite like... No, it's not like the Wizard of Oz. I'm not going to get... I've <laughs> been since you started doing this, but I've just been going... <laughs> in my head. 
I don't imagine that being like your entire house getting ripped up and blown away in a tornado is going to be like, yeah, this is me on my way to Oz. No, I think it's your way to certain doom. <laughs> it won't work that way. Right, rainbows. What do you think of rainbows, David? Uh, David? What the fuck am I saying? Right, David, I'm asking what he thinks of rainbows. Um, um, rainbows. In what sense? Like, well, where did you first, in mythological terms, when did you hear about the rainbow? What was the reason for the rainbow? Um, you should know this. Should I? Yeah. You got a degree in it. Oh, I do. I like that. I'm like, should I? Yeah, it's the whole <laughs> end of the... But it's not actually in the Bible. There's nothing about it in the Noah's Ark story. But yeah, you're right. When I was wee and you got kids' Bibles, there's the whole like... And then God told everyone that he would never do it again by putting a rainbow in the sky. Right, so ah. why is the rainbow the LGBTQ plus flag then? Does it represent a different person on the alphabet? Each of the colours represents a different aim of the early LGBT like campaign. Right. So why are Christians so against <laughs> the Bible says <laughs> rainbow is part of God's faith in you? Also, I mean, the Bible says that God created all people the way that he wanted them to be. Yeah. So it would be slightly confusing if <laughs> that didn't include the gay ones they made. Well, you ever seen a double rainbow? Remember that guy's reaction on YouTube and how he reacted as if it was some sort of magical spiritual experience? Having a double rainbow. <laughs> I mean, they are pretty. But yes. rainbows are I mean, just... now the, that I live... I say now, I've lived here for quite a long time. But yeah, living by the ocean, like... I, I've not seen millions of double rainbows or anything. But like, you see them more often when you live by the sea. Because obviously there's greater... I've seen it, a triple rainbow, so fuck oh, you. You <laughs> You just keep trumping me. You dogs never jar if you've seen better rainbows. But to be fair, the rainbow, it it gets brighter the lower down it is. So the first rainbow is really bright, then the second one is a bit faded, and then the third one was really faint. Definitely was there, but you, you could barely see it. So what causes rainbows, Mark? Uh, it's the... Hold on. I that don't know right. how to explain this properly because I'm not very good at <laughs> physics, but I'm going to try for fun. So. Okay. When oh, light is refracted in a certain way, it's broken down into its different colours. And if it's shone through some sort of prism, which <laughs> could be a later rainbow held in the atmosphere, it makes a rainbow because all the colours are separated so you can see them yeah, all. Basically. Yay! It's the optical phenomenon caused by the refraction and dispersion of the sun's light courtesy of atmospheric water droplets. It separates all the colours, yeah. Which is just a fancy way of saying it's God <laughs> telling us that he's not going to drown us. <laughs> well, people once thought that rainbows were the work of various gods and goddesses acting as both omens and signs of divine intervention. So, I mean, that makes sense. Because it's a huge science, big sign That in does the make sense that that's what you would assume. Yeah. Like, I get that. Rainbows surface in nearly every culture's history. In Norse mythology, rainbows are mentioned as a bridge to heaven intended only for virtuous individuals, which at that time in history primarily included royalty and warriors. 
modern day Christians believe that the rainbow serves as a promise of God's faithfulness. I thought it was because after the ark or the floods went away, he created a rainbow to say, sorry, sorry about that. You know, all those people are drowned. Sorry. Oh, I, do. I do like the idea as well that, I mean, it makes God seem, as we always talk about, like the Christian God seems like a shit person. Like yeah. the idea that you would drown lots of people and then be like, I'm not going to actually say sorry, but look at this really nice thing I've made you. Like, I'll just leave oh, it here. It. It's lovely. And every time you see it, just remember all those people are drowned and make sure you fucking behave yourself or it might happen again. <laughs> That's what I always thought about it. So an ancient Aboriginal war. Uh, in Australia. However, the rainbow snake was the creator himself, being responsible for creating humans. I like the idea of a rainbow snake. I think yeah. the Aboriginals win in terms of mythology yeah, I mean, of the rainbows. Big fan of that. Uh, while specific stories vary from tribe to tribe, in this Aboriginal culture, rainbows are often portrayed as malevolent spirits that live either on land or in the sky. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but they don't mention leprechauns. <laughs> it's not really a weather phenomenon. Well, it is. It's a rainbow, isn't it? I always thought that I actually genuinely think like... that you could Sorry. find gold, a pot, a crock of gold at the, the end of a rainbow. I thought that was true. Do you think that is part of the myth of leprechauns, or do you think that's just kind of randomly been added on to them? I don't know. That's a, something else we can look into later, I yeah. guess. Leprechauns, Irish mythology. We've not really covered that. We've unless not, that counts yeah. as Celtic. I don't know. What do you think? Lightning. I generally, right, there was a thunderstorm not that long ago. I don't know if it happened where you were. I think it did. Um, And it was quite a scary one because there was lots and lots of lightning happening. Now, lightning, people think that lightning, lightning is an actual physical thing. It's not. It's just the sky lighting up. It doesn't actually exist. It's just light. Light. You can't pick up light. It's not like going to get you. No, you can't touch a thunderbolt and throw it. There's no way you can do that. <laughs> you can't pick up lightning. Light. So everything that they say about four or gods throwing lightning bolts like Zeus, eh, they're not. It's just light. So that's another thing. But I was genuinely frightened and paranoid because David was telling me, my boyfriend was telling me stories about how like lightning finds the best path or how it can strike people several times. Like in the same place or in different places, it always finds a path through the nearest, I don't know, entrance. (laughs) (laughs) The least path of resistance, that's what lightning does. That's why you see it and it's it's got those sort of spokes, like jig-jaggy shape, because it can't just travel in a straight line. It's got to find, navigate its way through the particles in the sky. If that's getting too sciencey, I don't know. So I sleep next to an open window. And it was roasting, so I opened all the windows and I honestly genuinely couldn't sleep because I was paranoid that the lightning would come through the window and strike me because I was holding my iPad and I've got all these electronics next to me as well. So I thought it would maybe strike that. Three toasters in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a hot. <laughs> Just in case. There was a guy working in his office and he got struck by lightning through his window because he was on a landline because it can go through the phone line. Well, that's his own fault for not providing <laughs> the path of most resistance. He should have thought. 
I don't know that like so that kind of waiver genuinely scares me. Now I think that we're quite lucky living in Scotland because I know it sounds arrogant, but I generally I know how we bitch and moan about the weather all the time. But have you ever been in an earthquake? Have you ever had to deal with tornadoes? Have you ever had to Yeah, deal like we with don't have any actually scary weather. Exactly. Like I get what you're saying about thunder and lightning, but it's not Yes, there is an off chance that it could hurt you, but the likelihood very low and I actually really like thunder and lightning. So do I, but that night I was just paranoid. <laughs> it was just because I was getting told horror stories before I went to bed and then I started reading up on about lightning and I started Googling, can it go through your walls? It's like, may as well ask them, like, the internet, what's wrong with you? You've got cancer, that's what the answer is every time you're dead. Of course it's going to tell me horrible things but um you've probably been in worse thunderstorms being like going to those places like vietnam and the eastern countries where there's fucking thunder and lightning all the time yeah malaysia although again it was just really cool i think if you were out in it it would have been terrifying but to be like oh. sheltered and it going on it was amazing oh, okay obviously hmm. it could be like a tsunami or anything i wouldn't be saying that but yeah, that scares me. But we don't have any of that extreme weather. I think the most extreme weather we possibly could have is it's a little bit hotter than we can handle. But other than that, it's fine because it usually just rains a few days later. Yeah. I think, honestly, I'm in the safest place it is, apart from the nukes that are nearby, like Glasgow. But apart from that, I think Scotland's one of the safest place weather-wise to be, as much as we moan about it. There's not been any waiver kind of based disasters here. No, like we do have. We've now reverted to what we were talking about right at the start. Like, <laughs> What's fun? We're having middle aged person <laughs> chat, but we do have good weather. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. It takes us back. Spud. We've reverted right back because, in, <laughs> oh, as you know, they're making Spud for the weather man. <laughs> And how he deals with um, it's now 1993, and there's <laughs> and the black people have been released. <laughs> how will Spud cope as the local weatherman? Uh, I don't know how that ties in with South African apartheid, but because <laughs> they get going on about how developed it is as well. In my head, it's like, and now he's got a job <laughs> as a weatherman. It's post apartheid, and also he's got pubes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's the opposite. Now his head's young, but his body's old. <laughs> Sort of a weird Benjamin Button situation. He's woke up with the face of a baby, but horrendously grey pubes. <laughs> <laughs> what will Spud do? Spud. Oh, dear. I think that sounds like such a great trilogy. Yeah, better than the Godfather trilogy any day. I mean, don't mm-hmm. think anyone's going to argue with that. Apparently the sky will turn green before a tornado appears, but oh. that's not true. Uh, I've never heard of this yet. Is it even as a myth? That's because I don't live in tornado country. Yeah, I'm going to Google that. I want to see a picture of it. It's based on a belief that the sky turns green before a tornado appears. Although it often happens that a green sky precedes a tornado, scientists cannot establish any correlation between the two. It just might be a coincidence. Well, then they're not that wrong, are they? Because a tornado does appear before the sky turns yeah also if it's a coincidence what? that always happens then clearly there is a correlation there is like, a correlation yeah 
Ooh, it's sorry, yeah, that was really. It's like all um, like hocus pocusy, like you know how in American films when something like a demon's coming or a witch is coming and the sky turns okay. like that sort of, oh, like smoggy green thick color, mm-hmm. like Disney villain green. Oh, but I didn't think that was the thing that actually happened. But yeah, there's loads of pictures of it. That's really cool. Well, that means the tornado is going to come, but there's no real evidence for it, but it is scientific fact. Because it is. Does cold air make you sick? Like, does Me personally it, or? No, do you think it does? Personally, yeah. Like to people. Um, like say you, you know that thing where, oh, you better not go out that there with your hair wet or you'll catch cold. I mean, yeah. Like. Okay. If you well, go, I- it must. If you go out in cold, like really cold air and you're not wrapped up properly, that can't be good for you. Well, it's only partially true. Viruses, not whatever causes colds, which, of course, it's a fucking virus. But then I don't really, again, I don't really leave the house that much and I haven't had a cold, so could be right. However, chilly days might make us more susceptible to nasty winter bugs if we're exposed to them. Although we're bundled up, our faces are still typically exposed to harsh weather. When our noses are cold, blood vessels constrict and our immune response is repressed, which may allow the virus to take root. And according to the Common Cold Centre at Cardiff University in England, since we spend most of our days inside, close to others during the winter, germs can spread more quickly. But I don't. Well, it would be when I was in the office when I was going to work actually in an office and travelling on a bus during the winter, then yeah, of course I would always catch a cold. Because you're right. Logically in the summer, if you still worked in the office, you would still be in the office with the same number of people and still be on the bus. Like Yeah, but if you're colder in the winter your immune system is more vulnerable and weaker than it would be in the summer, according to them. So that's why you catch more colds in the winter. It's not because it's cold. It's because the cold affects your... Well, it's because it's cold because it's affecting your immune system. Now I'm fucking arguing with myself. Yeah, I, I agree with your latter point that I feel like uh-huh. that article's trying to tell us that it's nothing to do with <laughs> the cold. But they're basically like, it's nothing to do with the cold. It's actually just because the cold makes you more likely to get out. So it is to do with the cold? So what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we better um, wrap this up, but there's so much we can talk about about the weather, I suppose. Yeah, again, I thought there was like way more that we could have talked about than I would have thought yeah. it would have been. Oh, just, the cat just leapt on me and basically put his face like on the mouth as I said that. Does that mean anything weather-wise? Can you, is your cat like one of these cats that can tell what weather? Here's the other Bible like? passage, cat's head in the mouth. <laughs> the weather's going south. <laughs> Maybe tell her tomorrow. Wow. You're amazing. Would I be able to go out and paint my fence without getting soaked in rain, do you think? Ask your cat that. Mm, he says it won't go that far south, so you will still be fine to paint your fence. It'll just be a little bit. Excellent. He says it'll be 2.5 degrees colder than it was today. <laughs> I mean, how did you, how did you, what did he do? Did he lift his tail up and put it in your eye or something? He blinked his eyes twice and then only blinked one eye once, so I'm <laughs> taking that to be 2.5. Excellent, excellent. Ah, right, well, let's choose something on the list. Okay, although <laughs> I've left the list on the other side of the room. That, oh my it, god, um... is it like a mile long? It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I snorted humming the murder show at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> The whole of that tune to get to one side of the room and back. Yeah, it's the murder show. 
harder if you wrote It's in the east wing. <laughs> <laughs> right, hold on. What, what, what have we got? What numbers are we working with here? Oh, oh. Oh, wait. Sorry, the cat tried to hang up on you there. What's the murder she wrote theme tune? Is it? It's quite catchy. All right, so um, I'm going to choose what's the numbers between. Basically twenty, but there's one missing somewhere in the middle, and I don't know which one it is. Okay, so nineteen. Oh wait, it's nineteen. That's what we're okay. doing today. Okay. Yeah, because I picked 20 the last time that was this topic. So I'm going to go for 15. 15, where are you? Oh, it's a um, listener suggestion. Listener oh. suggestion. I just made that up for what we did. <laughs> we get a listener suggestion. You're going to have to say that every week now. Do it like that. Listener suggestion. Um, it is <laughs> Angels. As suggested by our listener Andy. Oh, the great Andy McEwen. The great angels, but not angels as we know them to be, as in the ones that have just got like loads of eyes. The biblical angel, as described in the Bible. Yeah, cool. Let's do that. Angels. Crazy batteries. (laughs) Listener suggestions. Angels of music. Oh. Whatever angels can you think of? I believe in angels. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> Don't do angels, the Robbie Williams song. She, look, she looks like an angel. angel the, she's a devil. That's a devil in disguise. Is that an Elvis song or is it Cliff Richard? Oh, no, hey. he sang Devil Woman. <laughs> it's Elvis. How does devil woman go? She's just a devil woman oh, with evil on her mind. mind. That's actually Where quite good for Cliff Richards. Yeah, but... Like, I don't hate that song, and I think I, I hate know. every other Cliff Richards song. It doesn't really do many favours to, like, get the rumour... Like, just to put away the rumours that he's, you know, gay, because he's singing a song about women are devils. <laughs> he is gay. He's out now. He is not. He is. He's, uh, he... Shut up. His boy, so the reason that he didn't come out... Are you talking about Philip Schofield? No. <laughs> I know they've never seen <laughs> Philip Schofield and Cliff Richard. I don't know. So, well, obviously the reason he didn't come out early on is because it would have ruined his music career because, you know, homophobia. But the reason that he only came out really <laughs> recently is because he was dating a priest who hadn't left the Catholic church yet. Oh, how convenient. And him and his, like, priest boyfriend now, like, have a house together. Wouldn't have that have been all over the news? I've not seen that. I think it was at roughly the same time. Remember the BBC wrongfully mm-hmm. accused him of being a paedophile? Yes! <laughs> I so I think it was kind of overshadowed by the fact that like he basically came oh. out and then like an hour and a half later the BBC were like, well, can exclusively reveal that he's a pedo? And he was like, I'm not a fucking pedo. I may be dating one though. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was a priest. Sorry, I had to go. I there. did. And I mean, I'm glad that <laughs> like I feel really awful for him that must be terrible to be wrongfully accused of being a child sex <laughs> but I genuinely did think at the time do you think the BBC just got confused because they found out his boyfriend's a priest maybe that's amazing I'm going to anyway. see if I can find out his boyfriend's name because it's really important that our listeners know but he dated Sue Lolly 
tennis player? Well, is she a beard? She must have been. She must have been a beard. Yeah, I mean, just because they're married doesn't mean they're not gay. Like, that's what my dad said the other day. I was like, yeah, because Elton John married a woman. <laughs> he was very gay. He was very, very gay. <laughs> uh, I do like, though, that I googled Cliff Richard's boyfriend. And oh. although it brought up pictures of him and his boyfriend, it also brought up pictures of him and that Sue woman you were just talking about. Exactly. Why did you used to go with Olivia Newton-John? Sir Cliff fuck. Richard has spoken about his love for... I don't believe it. Oh, no. <laughs> He's, he loved her and they were very close friends and people yeah. assumed that they were dating in the 1970s, but they weren't because he was fucking a priest. So. <laughs> was he always fucking priests like every decade? It's not the same guy, is it? Oh, before he was with the priest, even though people didn't think he was gay, he <laughs> lived for many years uh, and shared a home as like joint owners with uh, his promotions manager, Bill oh, right. Mm. Okay. And Latham's mother moved in with them when she became ill, and they helped look after her. Okay. Well, he was an RE teacher. Who? His ex. He's got his a ex was... <laughs> they like uh, religious men. I mean, that does make sense to be fair, because he's really, really holy. I don't know. I'm like. Well. I don't get it because if he's really holy and Christian, then they're not really exactly for homosexuality, are they? I don't know how I f- is that why he's dating a priest, maybe because he's got that in common with him. I don't know. I don't we're going to really get like we're, we're t- like, turning this into a whole new podcast about Cliff Richard's sexuality. <laughs> there's a quote here, and I don't know where it's from. That's like Cliff Richard has been quoted as saying, "I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is." <laughs> what? <laughs> What does that mean? That's got, no, that's got to be a joke. That can't be real. <laughs> that can't be a real quote. No, <laughs> I'm not going to look into any. I'm just going to assume that it is a real quote because that's entertained me. Imagine your parents didn't know you were gay and you brought your boyfriend round, right? And you said, look, <laughs> I'm not gay with my boyfriend. <laughs> Imagine your dad's face. Oh, that is so funny. I don't know if you actually did say that. Total respect. <laughs> it's funny shit. Okay, so angels. Yeah, right. angels. It's been a laugh. Um, thanks for listening to us. Hope the weather's good where you are. And if you're a weather witch, then. Mm. Oh. <laughs> if you're in Pakistan and you're about the floods I don't think you'd be less I don't think we've had any listeners from Pakistan so but anyway solidarity to all of you guys because it must be horrendous and yeah it must be absolutely horrific yeah um so bye bye (laughs) bye